0: You're listening to the Redemption Church podcast with Pastor Daniel Williams as we go through a series called God Redeems, a study through the book of Exodus. If you want to go ahead and open up your Bibles, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 17. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 17. Um, and, and the title of, of the message tonight is called, What's in Your Hand? Or, stop making excuses. Okay? What's in your hand? Or, what's that in your hand? Or, stop making excuses. As we are, as, as Daniel has allowed me to go ahead and, and, and follow the flow of this Exodus series that you guys are, are doing. Um, it's... It, it's, it's ironic that he asked me to do chapter four, you know, and uh, life is ironic, isn't it? Isn't life ironic sometimes? Um, And God definitely loves irony. Here are a few funny examples of irony. Uh, The the most shoplifted book in America is guess what? The Bible. The most shoplifted book. Think about that for a second. right? That's ironic. It's according to researchers. And check this out, duct tape, they call it duct tape, but it should never be used for sealing ducts. Not ducks quack, 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 Ducks that you put inside the wall, okay? Um, <laughs> and Q-tips, right? Everyone loves Q-tips. I clean my ears every morning with Q-tips. But what is written on the outside of the box of the Q-tip? Do not insert inside the ear canal, right? Do not insert inside the ear canal. Um, and God, like, like I said, he loves irony. And, and, and it sort of flows in the line of sort of uh, a Moses as we're, we're looking at his story. And we're looking at how God calls Moses, right, after he's, he's, been, uh, uh, um, uh, he, he's been exiled from Egypt for 40 years, and now he becomes the shepherd and he's tending sheep. He's gone from the rich house to the poor house, right? From the upper echelons of society to the lowest in society because a shepherd was the lowest in society during those times. And God calls, God calls Moses. And he, and he asks them, what's that in your hand? And as we see, and as you probably heard last week, as Pastor Robin taught last week, correct? As he went through chapter 3, that Moses was a reluctant person to go ahead and step in. Even though he got to go ahead and see this burning bush, right? On the side of this mountain that, that, that was on fire, but that wasn't being consumed... And then the voice of God was speaking through that bush, right? And God was telling him what he was to do. And he was like, I, I, I don't know, God. I may, you know, are you sure you got the right guy here? Are you sure you want to go ahead and use me? And man, life is ironic. Sometimes, and I would, I would venture to even say almost all the time, That God calls someone to do a work. When God calls you and and, and he he separates you and he says, hey, I, I, I need you to go ahead and do this for me. Fill in the blank with your name. That a lot of the times when he calls you, he calls you in areas that you don't feel confident in. That you might even find is a weakness for yourself. And see, that's the the big idea for this message. And, 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 And the one thing that I really want you to get a hold of tonight is God calls those whom he can use and who are faithful even in areas that they feel weak. Even in areas that they feel weak. God calls us. He's called you. He's called all of us here. You, know, you may say, God hasn't called me. No, listen, pick up your Bibles, take a moment. Not right now, but you know when you go home, read, read Corinthians. There's this thing called the Ministry of Reconciliation that, that we're all part of and that we all get to participate in. Us being saved and reconciled to a, a loving God have now been commissioned to go out into the world and reconcile a lost world to a loving God. God's called you, he's called me, he's called all of us. But even... In areas of our weakness, and and we see as we as we'll go through uh, chapter four together, as as we read through um, uh, this, uh, we'll see how Moses tries to wiggle his way out of this because he felt, and a lot of times we feel that we're unqualified, that we're disqualified. Or that, or that we're not good enough, or that our past and what we've done has has gone ahead and put a stain on our reputation, and 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 God can't possibly use me. And let me tell you, that person, that person is usually the person that God calls. There's a funny joke. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, the the Calvary Calvary Chapel pastors would go ahead and say was they you know that that the the pastors uh um uh, uh who who uh, who were called, you know, and, and, and had education and, and, and pedigree. They were called to be uh, Presbyterian pastors and, and, and Lutheran pastors. But the ones that were drug addicts, out of jail, and, you know, uh, 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 had sorted past, those were the guys that were called to be Calvary Chapel pastors, okay? So, um, and, and if you read a little bit about the Calvary Chapel history, um, you know, uh, Harvest by, by, by Pastor um, uh, Chuck Smith... It talks about the the start of the movement. You'll see a a lot of the pastors that were called, that God used to do these wonderful works were people who were ordinary, who were the base, who were the low. And God here, as he continues to have this conversation with Moses, is encouraging Moses Saying, hey, I'm with you. I've called you. And if I called you to do a thing, you're going to do it. And I'm going to make it happen. Amen. So um, let's go ahead and read together. Uh, Exodus chapter 4. Uh, we'll be in, in, in verse 1. As it says here, he's having this conversation that continues from chapter 3. And before we begin, you mind if I pray? Is that cool? Let's pray. Lord, we come before you and we thank you for this opportunity that we get to open your word as we study together uh, from the life of Moses and has, as we extrapolate here and try to try to find uh, these nuggets in your word to apply to our lives. We pray that that, that, that we would set aside every single distraction and give you our full attention. Holy Spirit, speak tonight. God, that I would decrease, that you would increase and speak through me, Lord. Let nothing come from me, O God. Let it all come from you. We ask, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. And the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it to the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. <laughs> I can imagine the scene. He throws the stick down to the ground and it becomes a serpent. And he said, oh, what the heck is this? I'm out of here, right? like snow. Then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile. And pour it on the dry ground, and the water that you shall uh, uh, take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. But Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak." But He said, O oh Lord, please send somebody else. Send somebody else. Then the Lord got mad. <laughs> the anger, then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he's coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people and he shall be your mouth and you shall be as God to him and take in your hand the staff which with which you shall do the signs now i don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you have tried to ask someone to do something for you and they continue to bring up excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse it gets frustrating it gets frustrating right um, you ever try to tell your child to go ahead and clean up their room? Huh? Huh? He ain't looking. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Remember how it was when you had children or if you have children right now, as you're telling them, oh, I got to go ahead and do this. But, but what about this? One? Just do what I'm telling you to do. And God is here as, as Moses is, is um is coming up with every single excuse in the book to try not to do what God has called him to do. But suppose they will not believe me. You know, the first example here in chapter 1 is probably the best example because it's kind of true. Moses has been out of the scene for about 40 years now, right? Uh, he ran away because he killed the Egyptian man who was beating the servant. And, and, and he went away because he was put into exile because he knew he was going to go ahead and be killed. And he says, hey, I'm, I'm nobody now, God. You know, I was in the house. I was, I was next in line to go ahead and be king, but I'm nobody now. They're not going to listen to me. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Yet God answered this for him already in chapter 3. God said, I will certainly be with you. I will certainly be with you, Moses. Moses. It reminds me the same way how he called Joshua and had to tell Joshua, hey, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you, right? He had to go ahead and and, and encourage Moses as he's calling him here. And sometimes we, you and me, when God calls us to a work, when God calls us to go ahead and do something for him, man, we look at the the task at hand. Oh God, I don't know. I, I can't teach children's ministry. Are you kidding me? I've never, I've never taught anything before. God, I can't lead youth. I can't go ahead and, and, and do and, and, and do what you're calling me. You're asking me to go ahead and do what? I can't go ahead and do that. God, I've I've not been prepared. I, I didn't go to seminary. I I I you know I haven't I haven't read my Bible enough. Listen, God's calling you. Don't give him the excuse. God's calling you. And and what's amazing to me is that Moses is having this conversation with God as a burning bush, and a voice is coming out from there, and God's telling him, I will be with you. And he's still fighting the Lord. I mean, think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. It's a burning bush. It's not being consumed, and God is speaking through it. And Moses is having this cordial conversation. But, Lord, you know, I I don't think I can go ahead and do it. You're saying that I can do it, but no, I don't know, Lord. I don't know. I don't think I can go ahead and get it done. He calls him out. So what what does God do? He says, listen, Moses, I'm going to go ahead and and quell your fears. Don't worry. I'm going to be with you. This is how I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you three signs. And, and he gives them the first sign. He says, What's in your hand, right? Sort of saying, Stop making excuses here, Moses. Stop, stop trying to step out. Stop trying to get out of the, uh, uh, out of the job, uh, out of the task that I've called you to go ahead and do. Stop making excuses. We like to make excuses we like to go ahead and put everything else and give everything else importance then the number one thing that god is calling us to go ahead and do stop making excuses so what what does god tell moses the first sign is, is hey, take, take that rod. What's that in your hand? He's got a rod, a shepherd's staff in his hand. He says, toss it on the ground. It becomes a snake. And we all remember, man, you, you guys have seen the Ten Commandments on TV, right? Even, even in the, uh, uh, you know, it still amazes me. I, I'll watch it today, man. I'll say, man, the, those CG graphics weren't even CG graphics back in those days. But it still looks cool today, right? He throws the serpent down in front of Pharaoh, Charleston, Charleston Heston, right? That's his name, right? Uh, Charles Heston, you know. But nonetheless, and his snake eats the other snakes. But he, God tells him to take that staff, throw it on the ground. And when he does, it turns into a snake and he runs. He runs away because he's like, what, the, what, what is this? Why did he run? He's talking to a burning bush. I mean, really, what, what did you expect if you were going to throw the rod down on the floor, right? I mean, did, did, you, think, <laughs> did you think it was going to turn into a puppy? No, I mean, come on. He throws it down and it turns into a snake. And God tells him to pick it up by the tail. Now, I want you to understand, you, you go to a snake handler or you, you go to one of these exotic animal stores, if you pick up a snake, the safest way to pick up a snake is never from the tail. If you pick it up from the tail, what happens? It goes snap back at you and try to bite you, right? You always try to get it from the head. Or you have that, that Y sort of, you know, a, a, a metal, you know, a, a antenna thing, and they stop the head, and you grab it, and you pick it up, so that way it can't turn around and bite you. He tells them to pick it up from the tail, and Moses listens Picks it up and it becomes a rod again. He's trusting God little by little. And then God says, hey, if they don't listen to that sign, put your hand in your cloak. He puts his hand and what happens? It turns into what? A leper's hand, right? Man. Man. Leprosy would be considered today what cancer is, right? Leprosy had so many different, th- different ways that it would affect the human body in those days. It's almost tantamount to what we would call cancer today in our society. But his hand turned leprous, and I'm sure most of us have been like, What's going on here? And God tells him, Stick his hand back in, it's going to be a sign, and it comes out perfectly fine. He's giving him examples, he's giving him signs. So, before we go any further, I have a question that I want to go ahead and ask you. What is that in your hand? What is that that God has placed in your hand? Because, see, as God has called each and every single one of us, he's put something in our hands to go ahead and use. God likes to use what's in our hands. God used what was in Shamgar's hand, right? in judges 3:31. It says, "After him, Shamgar, the son of Anaph, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox gold, and he also delivered Israel. What's in your hand? God used what was in David's hand, right? 1 Samuel 17, 49, then David put his hand in his bag, and what did he pull out? He pulled out a stone. Come on, you know the story. And he slung it and struck the Philippine in his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and that Philistine Goliath fell to his face. Come on, what a victory, right? Right? Something as small as a stone in the hand of one who's been called by God. Come on, guys. Think about that for a second. What's in your hand? What has God placed in your hand? In Judges 15, 15, God used the jawbone of a donkey in in, in Samson's hand. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey. He reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it. He vanquished the enemy. What's in your hand? In the New Testament. In the New Testament, John 9, 6, 9, excuse me, God used five loaves and two fish they were in the hand of a little boy to do one of his most miraculous miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. There was a lad who had five barley loaves and two small fish, and his disciples were saying, but what are they among so many? It doesn't matter how small the thing in your hand is. If God has called you to a task, if God has called you to a work, he's going to use something practical. He's going to use a gift that he's given you, something that you've been faithful in for all these years. Something that you would say, hey, I I could never think, man, you know, and one one example, as I was preparing for this teaching, I I was thinking, man, what's an example that you guys can use here in-house? I look at Sue. Sue's going to be like, you're embarrassing me. But I look at Sue, okay? A mid-level, high-level executive in Office Depot. She retires, and she's like, God, what do you have for me to go ahead and do? She's been working with Daniel for the last four years, probably even longer. But for the four years that I've been involved with her, she's been working with And she started off working as and assistant and and, and 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 taking and you know uh, helping out with whatever needed to go ahead and be done and now she 's posting on instagram she 's posting on facebook she she 's working on the way she 's taking what the Lord has given her, and maybe an area where she may have felt if you would have asked her three or four years. Do you think you'd be, you would be building a website or do you think you would be updating a website? Do you think you would be posting on Instagram? Do you think you would be doing all these things, uh, setting up the, uh, the, the pro presenter, uh, uh, doing all this stuff? No way. But God took what was in her hand. The, 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 this administrative gift that he's given her to go ahead and take it. And now I think she posts better than Daniel on, on, on Instagram and on Facebook. Don't, don't let Daniel know I said that. I know he's probably listening online but when you go ahead and you take the thing that God has placed in your hand and a lot of the times God will take What you have in your hand right now, where you're planted, where where you're flourishing at, right? Because a lot of times we think, oh, well, I got to go to school to be used by God. I got to go to seminary. I got to be prepared. And I'm not knocking being prepared. I'm not knocking going to seminary. I'm not knocking going to school. Listening, it's great to be prepared. But... You have been given influence right where you're at and God has already given you gifts and he's planted gifts inside of you to be used where you're at. You have a lot more influence the 168 hours of the week that you spend outside of the church, right? We spend an hour and a half, maybe two hours a week on Sunday morning in church. Where do you think you're going to have greater impact Here in these four walls or out there in the world where God has planted you. What is in your hands? Where has God placed you? See, God was calling Moses to go back to a world that he knew of to go ahead and rescue his people. And Moses was (coughs) reluctant but God said, hey, Moses, I'm going to be with you. Don't worry. You got a rod. Your hand can go ahead. You could, can you imagine walking into Pharaoh? Yo, Pharaoh, let my people go. Watch this. Bang, bang. My arms are, my hand is all leprous, right? And I can go ahead and make it come back. I can throw my snake down. I can turn the water into wine. God was with him. Don't make excuses. Trust in the God of the universe who is sovereign. That's that's a fancy way of saying that God is in control of everything. And if he's called you to go ahead and do it, he will lead you through it. He's not going to leave you or forsake you He's gonna make sure he equips you. He's gonna make sure that he gives you what you need to accomplish the task that's at hand. Don't follow Moses' example. Don't try to weasel your way out of it. Don't think that your past is too, is, is, is too bad for you to even be considered, right? He had the rod, turned into a snake, put his hand in his cloak, turned leprous, put it back in. It was fine. I think, I think, I think if it was me, at God would have had me at the rod, right? I throw the rod down, it turns into a snake. I pick it back up. All right, God, we got this. Let's go. Come on. Where you at, Pharaoh? Right? But Moses still. And see... God God chooses, the people he chooses to use are sometimes the most imperfect people around. Moses was still trying to get out of this. He had a complex of inferiority. He felt like if I went back, they're going to go ahead and arrest me. They're going to kill me. They're not going to listen to me. Who am I? I am this this, this low shepherd. I'm, I'm a nobody now. and i think he does that on purpose so that that way when we read the word we can be encouraged that we feel the same way too sometimes we feel like god you can how can you use me how can you how how can you go ahead and choose to why why would you choose to use someone like me and moses continues he says oh lord i'm not eloquent even from before tonight, and you know Moses was lying. Moses was just trying to get, I mean, the Bible says that Moses was a learned person, a learned man. He was trained in all of the things of Egypt. There's no way that he would have been next in line to, to become Pharaoh. This is who he was supposed to be by the world's terms. Next in line. They wouldn't have given someone who was a stutterer. The opportunity to be that? He was a learned man, but he was trying to use excuse because he thought that he wasn't good enough. And some some of you here, sitting right now, listening to me online, think that you're not good enough. Think that that, that you're not worthy enough. Think that that, that, that you don't have enough pedigree, and, and God is telling you today, I've called you. I'm going to equip you. I'm going to be with you. Stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. And, and Moses said, and God tries to remind him, "Hey, I just, I just went ahead, <coughs> I just went ahead and, and and turned a rod into a serpent. I went ahead and put turned your 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 hand leprous, right, white, and and, and I I had you I had you turn water into wine. I mean, you know." What else do you need me to go ahead and do, Moses, to, 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 to go ahead and, and, and prove to you that I'm, I'm with you, man? I'm on your side. And he says, oh, I can't speak. I'm going to put the words in your mouth. Don't worry, Moses. You're going to open your mouth, and I'm going to speak. It's going to be like a ventriloquist, right, sitting on my lap. I mean, think about it for a second. Isn't that what God's almost saying here to Moses? Don't worry about it. I'm going to put the words in your mouth and you're going to speak them, okay? And God gets frustrated. And I, I want you to understand, up until this point, up until this point, verses 13 through 17 the Bible says that God's anger was kindled against Moses. And it wasn't because he was afraid. It wasn't because he didn't think that, 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 that he was able to go ahead and do it. All of those reasons, God stepped in and said, hey, I got your back. Don't worry. Hey, don't worry about that. Hey, you're going to have a serpent. You're going to be able to turn your hand lepers. You know, Don't worry. You're going to turn the, the, the water into wine. Hey, the, the, the water into blood. Hey, you're good. Don't worry. I got your back where God's anger was kindled was was why? Was because Moses refused. There are times in our lives where God has called us and we flat out say no. That's being in a position of rebellion. That's being in a position of disobedience against the Lord. If he's calling you to go ahead and do something, and he's going to equip you, and he's going to send you, don't be disobedient to that call. Reluctantly move forward into it. Think about this for a second. It says here, but he said, let's read 13 through 17 again. He says, but he said, oh Lord, please send someone else. I don't, Moses had... Moses had some, you know, I'm not going to say that. Moses had some chutzpah, right? I'm going to say that, okay? He's talking, remember here, he's talking to a bush that's on fire, that's not being consumed, and he's hearing the voice of the Lord come through that. And he has the nerve, he has the nerve to tell God, yeah, I don't know about it, God. I think you got the wrong guy here, okay? Why don't you choose somebody else? You know, my father-in-law, Jethro, you know, he's a pretty cool dude. Why don't you go speak to him, right? He says, no, choose somebody else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, God says to him, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? And he chooses, and God says, hey, you, got, you have a brother named Aaron. Maybe you're afraid to talk, but I know he's a good talker. He was a smooth talker, all right? He says, use him. Now, I want you to look at, I want you to look at the effects of this decision because Moses did not want to obey God in the call that he had. Think about the effects from this decision here. What happens? Well, we know Aaron becomes the high priest, right? He, he speaks for Moses. So, so Moses gets the word from God. God Moses goes and, and tells Aaron what to say to the people. And Aaron, you know, directs the people and the people follow. And we, we know the story. But, but look at the long game. Look at the long game here, right? What happens because of Moses' disobedience here? Well, think about Aaron for a second. Aaron did turn out to be a source of problems for Moses, right? Aaron was the one... That the Bible says when Moses went up to the mountain to go ahead and get the Ten Commandments, right, to get the law, and he was up there for 40 days and for 40 nights, and the Israelites started having that big, you know, we saw the, the TV show, you know, they, 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 they started dancing and partying, and, and they wanted to go ahead and make a God unto themselves. Who was the one? Who was the one? that was melting the gold and fashioning the golden calf. It was Aaron. Supposedly his right hand guy, right? His brother started building the altar himself. Aaron's sons, long game here. Aaron's sons blasphemed God with impure offerings. His sons became priests along with him. The long game. At one time, Aaron even openly led a mutiny against Moses. Numbers 12, 1 through 8. All these episodes unfolded. And think about Moses as he's looking back saying, man, if I would have just said... Yes. Sometimes our decisions have negative reactions, but sometimes our indecision also causes negative reaction. When we go ahead and don't answer the call for what God has called us to do, man, we're in, not only are we in disobedience, not only are we in outright rebellion against God. God has chosen you specifically to do a work. Maybe the person that gets chosen behind you doesn't have the ability, doesn't have the, well, what it takes to get the job done the way it needs to be done. But even then, God still provided for Moses and made a way for him to accomplish what God had called him to do. And and that's that's the application point here tonight. The application of all this in our lives is we will not have any excuses for being called and being used by God. There is no excuse for you. I'm sorry. There is no get out of jail card for the call that God has on your life. If you are a believer, if you are saved and sanctified by Jesus Christ, you are called to be a disciple, a follower of God, someone who is actively engaged, reading his word, praying, and being in in fellowship with other believers. That's what God has called you to be. And if you want to go even further, he's also called you to the ministry of reconciliation. which is saving a lost world and bringing them and reconciling them to, to a loving God. That's, that's what God has called us to do, what God has called us to be. But even on top of that, maybe God is calling you specifically to do something in your neighborhood, at your workplace, maybe even here at this church. Maybe a ministry is being birthed in you that you're saying, Nah, God, I can't do that. I don't feel prepared enough. I don't feel, I, I don't feel like I'm ready enough. And God is saying, Go. I'm going to be with you, the great I am, the God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac is going to be with you. Go. We have no excuse. I was reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 26 through 31, as Paul is writing and reminding them. And and I want to finish with this with you tonight. Paul says here, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Think about your life. You know, it's good for us to sit back and reflect, to think back about our life before we were saved, before we came to know Jesus, what our life was like and how we were living our lives. It's good to sit down and remember from all the junk that we were saved from. You're probably saying, Pastor, well, I wasn't doing too much junk. I wasn't, I wasn't that bad. It's okay. Even if you weren't bad, you were in sin. So you were bad. It's okay. Right? If you've broken one law, it's as if you've broken them all. That's what the Bible says. Think of what you were when you were called. When God called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. How did you walk before? How did you talk before? He goes on to say, to remind us. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Does that sound like anybody in here? I know that sounds like me. This Puerto Rican kid from the ghetto in Brooklyn, New York, that grew up on welfare. I was talking about it today with some of of the young adults from my church. I remember when we gave, when, when, when the government gave out free cheese, blocks of cheese back in the 80s. You remember? She, she's laughing. She remembers. I remember. We got that free block of cheese. We put it inside of our refrigerator. And we would cut out chunks and go to the corner bodega, pay the guy 25 cents for him to slice the cheese for us. So that way we didn't have like quarter inch chunks on our sandwiches and we had regular slices on there, right? We got smart. But, but nonetheless, I remember what it was. Being a a kid who, who, who would go during the summers, and I would not just go to one free lunch school. We had three schools in our area, and we would hit off all three free lunch schools during the summer because we could, and we were hungry, and, you know, it was free. I remember what it was, not having a coat during the winter, Having to act like I was okay, even though I was freezing in, inside. Not many of us were influential, of noble birth, were wise by human standards. But God, but God chose, man, thank God God chooses. Thank God He chooses, right? Because if God chooses, he doesn't choose incorrectly. Come on. But God chose the foolish things of the world. That's me. You may not want to say that's you, but that's you too. Yeah, the foolish things of the world. It's the only time a pastor can go ahead and get away with calling his congregation foolish, right? (laughs) And still keep his job. Um, (coughs) But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him. It is because of him. Thank you, Lord. That you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. As Moses was trying to get out of it, because he didn't feel his pedigree was enough as you may try to get out of it because you feel that your background or where you came from or maybe you're too old or, or you're too young or, or, you know, or you're not smart enough or, or maybe you're too smart or, or wh- whatever the case may be. Whatever it is, God has chosen you. He chose you because he wants to go ahead and confound the world. See, I know God chose me There is no way that this kid from New York City, who went through a process to become a senior pastor, 16 years, to be in the role that I'm in today, to plant the church here in Boynton Beach, back in 2019, six months before the pandemic, survived through the pandemic, okay? We're meeting in a school and, listen, by God's grace, we have a building now on Lantana Road, right? Who would have thought it? Only God can do that. Only God can go ahead and do that. And I think about the Rosa family. The Rosa family who, who came to our church, a mother and father that, that had three kids and now they have four. They just had a brand new baby. They, 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 they got baptized in our church. They're active members. They're, 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 they're growing in their faith. I think about if I didn't say yes to the call, what would have happened to them? What would have happened to my brother Tony, who's my heart right here? As we've walked through the last two, two and a half years, He's been there for me. I've been, I've been there for him. If I wouldn't have answered the call, what would happen to these? Now, don't get me wrong. It's not because of me. God will go ahead and take care of everyone who needs to be taken care of. But if you don't step up and stop making excuses to the call that God has given you, man, you don't know. Who or what is being affected out there? A lot of people like to say, man, you know what? I would love to know the guy who witnessed to to, to Billy Graham, right? Because that person who witnessed to Billy Graham, you know, got to go ahead and see fruit of millions being saved, right? What if that person didn't answer the call? How many Billy Grahams may we be missing because we're saying no to God? Hmm. What's that in your hand? What is that in your hand? Or stop making excuses. Stop going to the Lord saying, I can't. There's this, there's that. Let me tell you, he will empower you. He will equip you. He will prepare you. He will go with you. You are not alone. Answer the call answer the call and watch God work wonders amen let's pray heavenly father we thank you for your word we thank you that you've called us out of that darkness into your marvelous light oh God that you chose the foolish things, Lord, the base things, Lord, of this world. You chose to love a sinner like me and to set my feet upon the rock, the solid rock of Christ Jesus to give me a hope, to give me a future that I could not comprehend or even intend for myself. You, oh God, have brought all of that to fruition. And I know that you have not just done it in my life, but you've done it in the lives of all these who are hearing my voice right now, Lord. And I know that you've called them, Lord. You're asking them, what's that in their hand, I pray? My prayer, oh God, is that, that they would go ahead and answer the call, O oh Lord. That if they're running from you, if, if, if they're making excuses, oh God, that they would stop, that they would be encouraged to see that you could even use one like you can even use one like Moses, God. We can relate to him, oh Lord. Because there are times that we don't want to say yes. But remind us, God, from where you've called us out from and where we are today. And how you've given us this, this, this wonderful ministry of reconciliation to, to go out into the world, to be your ambassadors, to be your representatives to a lost and dying world that needs the hope of Jesus, oh God encourage these Lord I pray that you would put a fire on each one of these seats oh Lord for them to answer the call Lord they are not insignificant doesn't matter where they've come from or what they've done you've made all things new use them God anoint them oh Father Appoint them, O Lord, to the work that you've called them to do. Empower them, O Father. We ask in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. This is Pastor Daniel Williams with Redemption Church. Thank you so much for listening to this message. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube so you never miss a message. The mission of Redemption Church is to pursue and to proclaim Jesus, and we would love to have you partner with us. Feel free to share these messages with your family and friends. And also, if you'd like to donate to the ministry, go to redemptiondb.com. God bless you.